great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? I don't want to take this uh, long of a break again from you. I know it's the offseason. We're going to get into kind of the dog days of summer, but it's been a, a, a long week. But we are back with back-to-back episodes of Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast. Uh, he is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. Tonight we are talking schedule. Tomorrow is Bills rookie minicamp. We will, of course, have our live observation shows uh shortly after uh, practice times ends and we get a chance to go into the locker room and talk to some of the players. Um, if that's the case, there might be just player availability. What, However that ends up working out, you will get a show from us tomorrow as well. A lot to talk about, Ryan. The schedule is out. How are you, my friend? Hey, I am doing great. You're right. I mean, uh, a lot of schedule leaks throughout the day, but now it's officially out. A lot to kind of uh, dig into when it comes to the schedule. Yeah, and it's like the the schedule, the big schedule leak that was out there, I feel like was pretty accurate, to be honest with you. I mean, I saw that probably sometime around, I want to say two o'clock. I had it sent to me uh, in DMs, and then I saw it start to percolate uh, around uh, on different Twitter accounts. And it, it gets, it ends up getting pretty much locked in here. And uh, we're going to go through bits and pieces of it. And I guess. You know, you, you you put together that leak story and then you had the story because I was at a little bit of a baseball game a little while ago. Um, where do you want to start with all this? Well, uh, you know, the primetime games, the fact that uh, they still view the Bills as one of the powerhouses of the AFC. Yeah, and I don't think this was a surprise. I think going into the schedule, the expectation was the Bills are still going to be one of those primetime darlings. Now, what happened, though, Ryan, and I think this was easy to predict, the arrival of Aaron Rodgers in the division and onto a team like the Jets, um, the, the Green Bay Packers are still getting quite a bit of primetime games given the fact that he left there. But now you're adding the Jets into that mix. And uh, I, I didn't see what the final number was. Uh, I think it was somewhere around um, – um, was it six, seven? all right so we're losing ryan we were having some um issues with ryan before the show um that's why what took us a few minutes us having some internet issues so we'll try to get him worked out uh here we'll bring in bring in the producer producer anthony is just chilling um, we'll wait for Ryan to get back in the mix. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on? Guest schedule. I know, I know it's Bill's show, but that's okay. Uh, we, the, the people at home know about, uh, the, uh, your, your affinity for the New York Jets. Yeah. That's okay. Um, you know, you, you're an intern, uh, you're, pro, you're, you're a producer. Yeah. You don't have to like yeah. the bills and guess what? Um, we're not bills fans either, which I know a lot of people struggle with that, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. So, so yeah. I, I think that dynamic just to start off with though, is an interesting one. It's like, the Jets are now the it team, like not only of the AFC, I mean the Super Bowl or like their Super Bowl buzz around them. So it does it feel different as a Jets fan? Like 
going into this season with now the expectations kind of a, a little bit higher? I already get killed in the comments. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> good for you. You got You got to deal with a little bit of uh, um, hostility. It it, it really oh. brings you into the business. It does. Um, <laughs> CB in the comments. That's like ranch on wings. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's terrifying because I I could easily see them. You know, this could be a whole Brett Favre season. I feel like where they start off good, then Rogers gets hurt, or it's you know it just gets derailed. Um, it's scary to have them, you know, see them have expectations. I mean, I'm excited, you know, I think the bills game on nine 11, there's going to be, you know, tons of hype around that, you know, they're going to have the prime time slot. Um, I'm curious, you know, how they come out. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the jets are going to be next season, really, even like offensively. I think there's still a lot of, you know, things to look at with them, but I mean, it's, um, it's a scary time. I'm excited because I've never, you know, been able to like say, Hey, like we could actually, you know, make a deep run of the playoffs in a while, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty nervous, but at the same time, it's exciting. Yeah. And I think it's like an exciting time to be um, a fan of a team in the AFC East, as long as you're not living in uh, Massachusetts. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of fun for everybody in the division, right? Bills fans, Dolphins fans, Jets fans. I mean, really all three of those teams, not only are they kind of in the conversation for, you know, playoffs, divisional title, maybe even like Super Bowl contention, right? Like depending on how things materialize in New York or New Jersey, I'm sorry. And then um, with Tua, if he could stay healthy, obviously they have a lot of weapons there. I want to bring, I want to talk about this with you here while we uh, mm. continue to wait uh, for Ryan to try to get back in here. Um, so the, so the schedule comes out yesterday, Bills versus Jets was announced. And obviously like talking heads have been just crushing this, this storyline for the past 24 hours, right. With only a few um, games to talk about this kind of vaulted up to the top of the list, because this is a, a measurement game, right? Like right out of the gates, it's tough mm -hmm. for the Jets who are going to be building this whole new team identity, get trying to get together and, and figure things out and, and go face a team in the bills that have, had been a Super Bowl contender the last couple of years. I mean, this is, this is an it kind of game. So there's a tweet from, let me bring it up here. I'm not seeing it now. Oh yeah. It was from Brian Costello. Um, and he, he covers the jets uh, in New York. And he said that if you go back to 2022, and you put together all of the ticket sales for all of the games on the day of the schedule release. So all eight or nine, however many it was, home games last season, that falls short of how many tickets were sold just for Bill's Jets in the opener coming up here in a couple months. I mean, that's how much A, excitement there is around the Jets, but also this potential matchup and this potential budding rivalry that kind of started last year because the jets played the bills so competitively more so than anybody really mm -hmm. even thought. I mean, even during the Sam Darnold era, I thought that they played them pretty well. I thought defensively they had some, you know, they made things hard on Josh Allen. Uh, there was that one middle year there where I think the bills had their way a little bit, but last year, I mean, we saw this starting and now it's potentially going to be a real fun uh, 2023. And that's what you want in, you know, divisional football. You know what I mean? I think this is the best the AFC East has been. And I mean, I don't know how long since like the eighties or something like you'd have to go, you have to go way back, but like, this is the best the division has been in forever. So it's exciting that like the bills, you know, jet, like in jets can be an actual, 
you know, rivalry, you know. I mean, I know they had like the fun little Rex Ryan when Rex Ryan jumped over to Buffalo. That was a little fun era of the rivalry. But like besides that, if you really had like a you know competitive, tense rivalry with these teams, you know, recently it's been the Bills kind of pounding on them. And recently the Jets have kind of, you know, sprung up the last, you know, year, which is exciting. But I mean, it's really good when you have a division like the AFC East, which is going to be so competitive. And, you know, even the Patriots could make it. You never know. So, I mean, it's, it's great when the division is competitive. Um, and you could see, you know, actual rivalries, you know, for the first time in a while, especially, you know, between the Bills and the Jets. Great stuff from Anthony. We're going to we're going to tag uh, our boy Ryan back in here. Um, great stuff from Anthony, uh, you know, pinching in here. Are you all right? Is is the Internet uh, out in Olean going to survive here? I, I hope so. It seems like these late night ones are where they get a little tricky at times after the nine o'clock hour, which you think it would it would be a little bit faster then, but. For whatever reason, people in Olean must be uh, using up that bandwidth. Uh, I understand. It's okay. So one of the big storylines, I mean, you mentioned the primetime games. We talked a little bit about that. Let's shift over to these 1 p.m. games because there's not a lot of them. It's five. You tweeted it out. It's a tough It's a tough one to eat for a lot of. For, well, first of all, historically, there's been so many. You know, The Bills haven't been a team that has gotten a lot of those primetime games. And before this, the change in the TV structure you know, 425 was just not a common place for them. So they played mostly at one o'clock. Now I want to offer another side to this take. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, give me all the one o'clock games. And I'm not sitting here saying that I don't love them. I do, especially from a work perspective, get done with the night around eight, nine o'clock. Now that podcast after the game, we're off to the races. Four o'clock definitely pushes me up against midnight and, and, and beyond. But if I'm a fan, right? I kind of like the 4.30 experience, right? Like, wake up. You don't have to get up super early. Grab some breakfast maybe before you head down to the tailgate. Mosey down at around noon, 1 o'clock. Start playing some bags, putting some back. And before you know it, you just stroll on in at about 4.30. What's wrong with that? You're giving some Bills fans extra time to tailgate. You just answered your own question, Matt Perino. I'm trying to provide them some fun, okay? I'm sorry. No, it, the 425, 430 games, they're okay. They're 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 what they are. But, you know, there's something about the weight. You have the 1 p.m. games kick off, and all of a sudden you're sitting there like you get antsy. You're kind of waiting for that game at that point. And uh, the day just kind of drags, and it, then it goes right into that Sunday night block, the Sunday night game. Uh, that makes it difficult. For sure. Um, I think that... The way this thing is structured, it's tough. There's three home one o'clock games, two away one o'clock games, and then you're just looking at a lot of 4:30, especially in that back half of the schedule with a couple night games sprinkled in. The Miami game is one of those flex games where it's it's January sixth or seventh on the schedule, week eighteen, plenty of playoff and probably divisional implications on the line. What's interesting though is like. The Jets games are going to be done by that final stretch. I mean, they play on Sunday, uh, November 19th. So before Thanksgiving, the the Jets go to Buffalo and those two Jets games will be done. So it's really going to probably be, um, depending on how good of a season the Jets have, that Miami game could be pivotal towards the division uh, coming down the stretch uh, in, in the final week, which I think is probably why the the NFL wanted to put it there. But listen, selfishly, too. Somebody that goes to all these games? Kidding me? Miami in January? L.A. 
in December. This is what Jordan Poyer has coined the phrase after games. Big dubs. This is absolutely a win for Bill's media. Sorry. Yeah. I got, no. I a little selfishness there. Absolutely. It's it's nice that you're going to head there at the end of the season. Going back to the Jets part of it, it it's interesting. You almost wonder if the schedule makers think that Miami is the bigger threat to Buffalo on the AFC this this year. And, and I guess it's not how it works to every division, but you have the Bills facing them in the final week. You almost think, okay, maybe they think these are the two teams that are going to be vying for that number one spot in the AFC East, vying for maybe the number one seed in the AFC. So um, it's possible. Obviously, the Dolphins were one of the hottest teams in the league last year. The Jets are still a lot to prove, even though they have Aaron Rodgers now. It is very interesting, though, that like you said, after week 11, the Bills are, are done with the Jets. And obviously, they'll have the Patriots in week 17 before they play the Dolphins week 18. Couple of notes on the jet schedule real quick. You, you mentioned in them and like what this is going to look like. Um, they have a really tough stretch that first of all, their bye week is week four. So that's horrible. Like terrible. Oh, let me just double oh, no, week seven. I'm sorry. It goes, Oh, they did their schedule. Super funny. Their social media team. They did one, two, one, two, one, two, instead of all the way down. And then all the way down. I don't like that. Um, so week seven, yeah, New Jersey, terrible. Um, so it goes Bills, Cowboys, um, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles, bye week. So, I mean, listen, on the road at Dallas, you figure that's going to be a tough game, right? And then you throw in the Bills, the Chiefs, and the and, and the and defending NFC champions and the defending Super Bowl champions in your first six games. There's a scenario that the Jets could that could play out there that they're two and four and they're up against it after the bye pressures on. And what's funny is I think that pairs nicely if you're a Bills fan with their schedule, which is I think early on it's, it's not too not too daunting at the Jets, home against uh, the Raiders at Washington, then Miami, Jacksonville, and London. The Giants tough, but then New England and Tampa Bay, um, and then you get ten days to prepare for Cincy and what's going to be. Um, arguably the biggest game of the year. I mean, that's to me. I think that's bigger than KC. We've we we played that story before. This is a team that just came into Buffalo and smacked the Bills around. That is going to be a massive game. And if, if Bills go into that thing seven and one, six and two, and the Jets are like you know fumbling the bag a little bit, very very interesting high drama in the AFC East. Yeah, you, you know, that there's a lot of expectations for the Jets, but if they don't come out hot, it's going to get bad with that New York media pretty quickly. Uh, they gave up a fair amount here to get Aaron Rodgers, obviously swapping picks in the first round, which cost them an offensive tackle. Uh, they lost a first round next year, most likely based on the, the snaps, second round. Um, so they, they're expecting this to be a major success, Matt. They're expecting a Super Bowl or bust essentially with Rogers in this next year or two. And if they get off to a rough start, like I said, with that New York media and New York city media, uh, it could get ugly nationally very quickly. So the one Thursday night game, interestingly enough is Tampa Bay. And I, I think like if you, if you want to talk about a game where you're going to be on a short week. I think you really like that spot because you have the London game in week five sandwiched between a couple of home games, tough home games. First game against the Dolphins, obviously the New York Giants on Sunday night football. That is going to be massive. Sean McDermott versus Brian Dable. That sneaky to me is one of the, if not the top 
games on the schedule. People are going to be talking about that all week long. Like the first time that Dable, who ran the Bills offense, um, depending on how the Bills are doing going into that game offensively, like questions about Ken Dorsey that have kind of persisted all offseason long, that's kind of in the mix there. And then there's even been some of the crazy takers out there that have like, get rid of Sean McDermott. You should have just made Brian Dable the head coach, which is not really how it works. And oh, by the way, Sean McDermott's gone to five playoffs in six years after a 17-year playoff drought. Uh, listen, we all have... We could all criticize things about Sean McDermott, but I definitely think this is a very healthy organization, culture, all of the above that he's kind of set over the last couple of years. And there's 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 questions that need to be answered. There's there's um, there's there's hurdles that need to uh, be surpassed uh, for Sean McDermott as a head coach in the playoffs and the regular season, all those things. But it's been a very successful six years of this regime, and I think that stuff is a little bit nonsense. But man, if the Giants come into Buffalo and smack the bills around. Can you imagine the talk shows that next week, the radio shows, the WGR uh, callers, it's going to be a, a, a wild time. Wild scene. It, it would be. And, and listen, Brian Dibble did a great job in his first season with the giants, leading them to the playoffs. Uh, I I'm still not a believer in Danny dimes uh, as they call him there. I, I think that's still an advantageous matchup for the bills for that reason alone. But Dable knows this team. He knows the weaknesses of this defense by practicing against them day in, day out for years. So he's going to have a good game plan. He's going to have a good plan of attack. And uh, the, the one interesting thing, though, is this is, you know, Sean McDermott calling the plays. Is he going to be more aggressive? That's kind of been the the national talk all offseason since Leslie Frazier stepped away for the year is McDermott's going to be more aggressive with this thing. And I kind of want to see what that looks like. But it's, it's going to be a good... Uh, you know, butting of the head, so to speak, between two guys that have a lot of mutual respect. But that Thursday night came real quick. I, I like that a lot for the Bills in, in terms of coming off of the short week. You know, Tampa Bay still has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but Baker Mayfield is uh, obviously going through it in terms of where he's been, where he's going around this league. This is a team that has a lot of quarterback questions in the Buccaneers, and uh, it seems to be a, in a good spot for the Bills, like you said gives them some extra rest after that week for that Cincinnati Bengals game. So the placement, the opponent, the way the early schedule's built, the Bills are going to have a chance to build up some momentum. Uh, as long as they're playing the way that they were last year, obviously, on the you know offensively, maybe just a little more consistent there. They put up a lot of points. They were good statistically. They just had trouble stringing together four quarters of solid play week in, week out. Year two in Ken Dorsey's offense, I'm expecting – um, to see more complete games, so to speak, where four quarters of strong play for, for Josh Allen and company. And defensively, you know, they, they lost Tremaine Edmonds, but they really didn't lose much else, man, on that side of the ball. So uh, expectations should still be through the roof for this team. 12 games before the bye week. Um, so you probably like that bye week. And even Josh Allen said it on Kyle Brandt this week, like more towards like week nine or 10. But I think getting it at 12 is still a win as opposed to getting it like six, seven or eight, like too early. Yeah. And it's getting it on that back end. It's depending on where things stand, whether it be in the division or health wise. I mean, that, that, that puts them at a really good spot to then go into a really tough stretch at Kansas City versus Dallas and at L.A., in three, what could be real critical games, especially in the AFC. I mean, two AFC games there that 
are, are against teams that are probably going to be in the mix in, in terms of playoff seating. So you, you rest up, you get to go on the road, play Philadelphia uh, in week 11, uh, get uh, two weeks off. And here's another piece of this, Ryan, the two biggest games on the schedule, the two toughest and maybe the two most important, right? The defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, the team that just ended your season last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills get a long stretch to prepare for both. Two weeks to prepare for Kansas City, 10 days to prepare for Cincinnati. That's that's massive. It's huge. It's, you know, especially against Cincinnati, in my opinion, that's a team that the Bills really couldn't figure out in the uh, playoff game last year. And obviously we know the regular season game, uh, they didn't make it through the first quarter, but the, the chiefs, that's still a tough team. That's still a team that's going to give the bills a, a major challenge. I, I feel like the bills though, in terms of their players have a good grasp on what Patrick Mahomes and company are trying to do. And, and both of those teams know each other so well, but yeah, for the bills and the Bengals this year, it's a big year for Buffalo to show. Okay. Last year, you know, the Bengals stomped us in the playoffs. We're going to come out here and we're going to show that we're just as good as this team. We're, you know, uh, a lot of people now are looking at the Bills as like the, the number three team. And there's a big gap between one and two with the Chiefs and the Bengals there. So it, it's a statement game for the Bills there. The Chiefs, though, you know, they've, they've gone back and forth. Obviously, the Bills have won some regular season games over Kansas City as of late. But having extra time to prepare for Patrick Mahomes and company late in the season that it's that's huge, and just a week thirteen buy in general is huge for this team. Uh, they're getting a little bit older on this roster overall. To have that break late in the season, let them get that uh, breather before the home stretch of the regular season and anticipated playoff uh, berth is going to be big for this team. Um, question in here from a regular Cole McGarvey. Uh, over on YouTube, YouTube, who do you guys think uh, Von Miller is going to return against? Uh, and I think that's a good question. And it's it's funny. You look at the start of this season at the Jets, right? Um, I'm sure Sean McDermott, Von Miller, Brandon Bean would all love him to be there for that Monday night game against the Jets. But if he's not ready, I think you have some time there, right? Like those first couple of weeks, Las Vegas, Jimmy G, they're still kind of going to be piecing things together. Uh, the Jets as well, uh, even though that they have a lot of talent on that offense and you know, they're bringing in a Hall of Fame quarterback there. There might be a little bit of the, you know, kinks that have to be worked out. And then Washington, what's funny about Washington, Ryan, we could joke about Sam Howell, maybe Jake Fromm is on that team as well. But Jacoby Brissett, they went out and signed him. Don't forget, he played the Bills really tough last season in Cleveland. Yes, that did. could be a guy that goes in and plays and and maybe presents some problems. And, and maybe if you're in a situation where Vaughn's not back yet, I think if I'm Brandon Bean and I'm looking at this schedule, my tentative you know, shoot for like date is that week four game against Miami, hoping to have Von Miller back before that. Yeah, I, I think they would love that. And Von Miller saying all the right things in terms of, you know, he's he's playing to be ready for week one, but he's an older player. He's a vet. It's not as easy to come easy to come back real quick on that week three game. I think maybe getting Washington in week three is going to be good for Buffalo because they're not going to want to go away from Sam Howell too soon. They've come out and said, this is going to be our guy. Um, where if it was midseason and they're floundering, that would be the time they could change over to Brissett. But when it comes to Von Miller, I'm going to circle week six against the Giants. He doesn't go overseas. He doesn't play in the Jacksonville game. Uh, he, but he is ready for that primetime game at home against the Giants. Big mm. time atmosphere. Um, that's where I'm going to circle it in. But he's saying all the right things about 
being ready early, but you just never know, you know, we're not doctors. We're not experts. There were times though at training camp where we saw Trey white doing things last year that we thought looked pretty optimistic. And we know, you know, obviously he didn't come back until Thanksgiving last year. Um, so we don't know where he is in the rehab process. It's encouraging to see him doing a lot of lower body exercises with these heavy weights, but that's not the same as what he needs to do on the football field. So it's a wait and see, but if you can get him back in that first, you know, half of the season, that's huge for Buffalo. Um, Versus Indianapolis at Pittsburgh and at Chicago is the preseason schedule um, to get the bills uh, ready to go. Some good, some good teams there. Uh, he wants to know the preseason some... schedule. That's, that's a yeah, penny. Penny, right Penny's there. invested. Penny's invested and, and maybe hasn't seen a screenshot yet. And what's interesting about those games is like, um, you know, Chicago obviously has uh, some young talent Pittsburgh with a cup with a young quarterback Indianapolis. That could be a fun time to get a chance to, to see Anthony Richardson in Buffalo. So that's going to be super cool. Did Indy Indy played in Buffalo last year or in Indy? I can't remember that for the preseason because they definitely that was the third preseason game. I think it was in Buffalo. It was. Yeah, because I think that's okay. the one I yeah, was yeah. in Arizona for and I was watching at like nine something in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> but what's interesting, too, about the preseason this year, Matt, is there's not the two cut downs is just the one now. Right. right. So right, right. you're going to see the, you know, a lot of guys that are getting extra opportunities. You're not going to see probably the starters out there uh, very long. Not that they played extended stretches in the preseason, but sometimes I think some of the starters had to play a little bit more in that last game because you cut guys down in that first round or maybe your top backups played more. You're going to have a lot of competition going into that final preseason game. So in terms of a roster perspective, those final few spots on the 53 man roster, uh, the preseason is going to be exciting this year. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Thursday evening. We're talking Bill's uh, schedule. Uh, we'll take a peek here in a minute at the Miami Dolphins schedule as well. I wanted to um, get a look at that. I've not looked at it, so I'll look at, that, look at it live with all of you. And we'll react to it. Um, get out your calendars. You could do it on your cell phone. You could do it on um, an actual in-person calendar like i don't know about you ryan my wife still uses the calendar where she marks all this stuff up she's got a she's got a paper one and she had like a flip paper one and yeah. she's got a dry erase one and they're both always just filled to the nines um she's so organized and keeps our life on track without her i don't know what i would do which by the way um sidetrack here I bought i bought some uh for it's our 13th uh, anniversary this year obviously the bills are playing uh the New York Jets week one got her some Billy Joel tickets Earned oh, some I big brownie that. points yeah. bucket list item in at MSG the piano man live in person um man it is awesome um I, I can't wait for that uh, that's just a little um sidetrack because we're super excited about <laughs> it um but get out your calendars whatever you use and mark down May 20th um we're going back to wingnuts live in person Ryan will be out I will be out. We'll be talking bills. Um, we'll be right snap in the middle of uh, OTA. So we'll, we'll do a podcast on that. Uh, we'll spend some time eating some wings, drinking some beers, talking some bills. It's a great time. There's a link in the description of this episode, whether you're watching on video 
uh, on YouTube or in the audio versions, it sends you to the RSVP page over on, on uh, Facebook. Just hit interested or going or, you know, if, if you're ready to go for May 20th, hit going. If you're on the fence and you're, you're going to wait and see how the next week and a half plays out, hit interested and you'll get a reminder as it comes closer. Because I feel like sometimes we like want to go to things like this happens to me all the time. I don't know about you, Ryan. It's like I want to go something and I just like, yeah, I'm going to go to that in like two weeks. And then it, three weeks later, I'm like, I totally forgot about it. So this is a right. nice way to just kind of keep it on your radar. Yeah, you can forget about things really easily or slips your mind. So having that on there is nice because, like you said, you get the reminders, you know, the events coming up early that day. You get a nice little pop up there on Facebook. Um, but, yeah, you know, Joel, big fan of the uh, whiteboard calendar. So we have that marked down for, for May 20th. We are very excited about uh, Wingnuts. Um. Also, some other big news, Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino live over the pond in London uh, the week of October 8th, taking shout on the road. So for our UK audience or anybody going over for the game, we're working on some big plans for that week. You better believe Ryan and I will be there and we are going to be out with Bill's Mafia uh, doing what we do, man, going out eating good food, drinking good drinks, and talking bills. And uh, we're going to do it in a big way. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, now with those announcements out of the way, um, let's get into Matt Ariza. I've seen a couple of comments on this um, in the chat. Uh, we could touch on this a yeah. little bit. I was off earlier in the week. I saw a lot of things in my mentions. I was off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, when the big report came out. Um, and I've seen a lot of like funny comments directed towards – you know, I think it's directed towards Buffalo media in general. Um, but I went back and listened to our podcast that we did during that time. And uh, I was very clear with the situation, the stuff that w- the, the allegations that were made were troubling. Um, but we made sure to say that they were just allegations. And that's really important when you're talking about something where we don't know the full details. You just got to be careful with you know, how far you're willing to dive into it. I, I don't think anybody was super comfortable with anything happening around that story. And the end of it that we were kind of talking about was the bills end of it. Okay. When did they find out about it? Uh, why didn't they find out about it sooner? Uh, if it was, uh, I think it was in June or July when they found out, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look now. Um, there was a report that came out this week that uh, he is, that Matariza is not going to face criminal charges. Uh, stemming from the incident. There are multiple witness reports, not even placing him at the scene of the gang rape. Um, when it happened, he apparently had reportedly left an hour earlier. So I uh, came out with a statement. It seems like um, things are trending in a good direction for him. And people keep asking me like, okay, what's going to happen with him again? We talked about this before the show, Ryan. We've never even heard from Matt Ariza yet. Like he's never sat right. and talked about any of this in any kind of setting. So it's it, it makes me uncomfortable diving too far into the details, just not knowing enough about the whole situation, right? But people ask me, you think he's going to get another shot? Wouldn't doubt it. I, I, I think that he's somebody that was on NFL teams radar before. And if, you know, he they get to the other side of this thing, there's no criminal charges. I don't see why he wouldn't be uh, probably back in the NFL and some team looking to fill a punter hole. Um, I could see that happening. Yeah, it, it could happen. Um, I, I still think teams are in wait and see mode, waiting to see what, you know, if, 
Um, obviously very encouraging news on his side of things in terms of not being there, being gone an hour earlier. Uh, but, but teams aren't going to rush to sign a punter as talented as he is as big of a leg as he has being able to flip the field. They're, they're going to be patient with this thing. And, and, you know, like you said, when, when we went back and looked at that episode, because uh, you're right, mentions were like, Hey, are you going to, well, you know, what are you going to say about this? We, we mentioned that the bill said there were facts that they didn't know about. They were in a tough spot and this mm-hmm. was going to be something that was going to kind of hang over them throughout the season until they made a decision. Obviously they made that decision shortly thereafter to part ways with Matt Brandon Bean said at the time he thought it was best for the team, best for Matt himself. Uh, and that Ariza agreed with that. Um, you know, we're just getting this news this week. So, the whole 2022 season played out and some fans are like, Oh yeah, it should have stayed on the team. No, that would have been cast over the team the entire year last year. Um, if he comes out the other side of this, like you said, and um, some team could come calling, even if it's not this year at the NFL, we've seen like these spring leagues, the XFLs, a lot of players getting these workouts. Maybe that's where he starts out and he, he shows he's clearly an NFL talent and then he'll have some teams uh, calling him. I don't know the timeline for it, but yes, based on the news this week, it wouldn't surprise me if he was back in the NFL in the near future. Yeah. And, and one point I made um, is the last point I'll, I'll make on this. And as this story progresses, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more. Like Ryan and I were never running away from talking about this at all. I was off the earlier this week. Otherwise we would have had a show at some point and we would have talked about it then. Um, you know, good for Matariza. If this ends up being a situation where, you know, he was telling the truth and he wasn't involved in this whole situation. Um, you hate to see that like somebody um, get kind of dragged into something. But again, I don't even want to go too far down that road because we just don't have enough information yet. Um, but on the, the, your point, which is a really good one from a bill's perspective, they landed in a really good situation out of a bad one, right? Like that was just a bad situation for all parties involved with the, the, the national international media attention that was coming from it. And having spent a fifth round draft pick on a guy that, you know, you're contemplating cutting, there was no really good way to get out of that situation. And landing on Sam Martin in the aftermath on that, having him come in an experienced veteran guy that's been really good in this league, have a really good season, prove that he could punt in the elements in Buffalo. And then you extend him with a three-year deal. I, I think the Bills got a good punter. And again, you you have Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. One of the one of the lowest priority talking points for me is who's lining up at punter. Go find one, tell him to go kick the ball, and go score more points than the other team. I mean, I maybe that's a little old school. Maybe that's a little uh too flippant about special teams. We I think I've you know worked in my special teams takes a little bit on the sly over the years here on the show, but um, no offense to all special teams. Um um, apologists and uh, gurus out there. Um, but I think like a fresh start for Ariza um, in the NFL, it's it's not um, out of the realm of possibility from, from my end. Oh, lost you there for a minute. Oh, sorry. No, Gary no, V okay. out in Gary, Atlanta. Yeah. What's up, Love buddy? It. Remember, that's well said, Matt. Yeah, I remember the impression, <laughs> Gary. Ryan's remember favorite it line. well. Um, no, but Sam Martin real quick, you know, the bills found a solid punter. They found 
almost important to them for a punter is someone that can hold the ball as well for their kicker. He had a great rapport with Tyler Bass last year in that regard too. Uh, so they're in a good spot right now. They landed in a good spot. They, they have that at least short-term solution. But with Ariza, there are a lot of teams in this league that uh, aren't in a great spot with the punter position. So um, it might be like mid-season he gets a call, and, and maybe he is back here in, in 2023. And Sir Nathan, um, who I've always seen his comments in here. So uh, when, I, when, I, when people are in the show and always talking in the show, I, I – tend to see them thank you for mentioning this you guys don't dodge any news we're never dodging anything we're talking about anything that happens um i like to think in a responsible and professional way um and listen if i ever said anything about matt Ariza, um and, and what happened there um that veered from that i don't think that i did but listen i don't have uh, all of my commentary on hand an emotional time right like you know you, you think about people that you know being in that situation and being you know taken advantage of potentially or allegedly and you know it's it's it's, it's an emotional thing and i think it's important to remember that and i think more than anything in this day and age because social media is so available like sometimes it's good no matter what side of an uh, of an argument or a debate that you're on sometimes it's good to just pump the brakes a little bit and just think about some things before you're just so quick to just start typing stuff out in general. Um, I, I think a lot of people could be helped out about that. Not even football or this situation um, pertaining to that. I mean, it goes for other things as well, uh, but let's get back to the schedule, Ryan, because uh, yeah. I, I did want to touch on that. We did. Um, what's another big takeaway that you have from this slate? What what's, where could things maybe, maybe this is a good transition. What, where could maybe you think see things maybe going off the rails for the Bills if that were to be the case? Mm. Maybe some a stretch that worries you. Well, it, it would be post bye week. Um, because you would think coming off of the bye, you would be fresh, you'd be the home stretch of the season. We talked about how we like the beginning part of the year, but this could be a stumbling block. And, and I don't want to liken it to what happened to the Dolphins last year, but the Dolphins hit that patch where. They just couldn't win a game and going into the final game of the season, they were, you know, backed into the playoffs essentially and found a way to get in, but it wasn't pretty. And I'm not saying that'll be Buffalo, but post by chiefs, Cowboys, chargers, I mean, playoff team, playoff team, playoff team. And then Patriots, you know, I, I don't have high expectations for the Patriots this year, but they play the bills tough. Still they had, they played them tough late in the regular season last year. Um, that was a, a 35-23 game, I believe, at the, toward the end of the season. And then the Dolphins, that's a, a team that wants to prove that they are a legitimate contender, not just in the AFC East, but the AFC as a whole. And uh, you're finishing the year with them. So it, it's a tough stretch post by. And if there was a time where the Bills could stumble, I guess that would be it. Um, your point of the Patriots, I think, is really important. Because what worries you about the Patriots is that they find any type of consistency at the quarterback position to just be average, right? And I don't know if anybody there on the roster right now is capable of providing that, but it's early. And like, listen, I think there's a lot of players like, you know, Trey Lance, Malik Willis, like guys that like could be on the trade block early on this season. If, if Mac Jones doesn't look good early on, and they're not 100% sold on Bailey Zappi. I think they could for sure make a deal uh, for a quarterback and maybe get them 
um, Tannehill. You know, into their program. Tannehill, there's another guy. I mean, I could see Belichick being here's what I really like about the Patriots and why I'm not completely writing them off in this division. Look at their front on the defensive side. Matthew Judon is an obvious beast. Uh, Devin Gotchow, Christian Barmore, really elite guys in the middle. They have Lawrence Guy, Dietrich Wise as well, who could play multiple positions. They go out and they draft Keon White. Everybody made a big joke about him looking like um, the like he was so mad about going to the Patriots. It's come out since then that he was pissed that all those teams passed on him. So now you have a super motivated pass rusher coming in, potentially adding to the mix. And don't forget about the fact that sneaky. Josh Uche came on last year. Like he looked like a guy now. And then they go out and they get this dude, um, Marte Mapu, who, you know, a lot of draft guys are just absolutely fawning over like a, a, a utility guy, like an explosive player that Belichick can kind of play chess with back there. I love Kyle Duggar. They went out and they got the t- maybe arguably the top cornerback in the draft in um, Christian Gonzalez. Ryan, I don't want to be hyperbolic or overreactive. The Bill Belichick defense could be back. It, it could. It, it, they have some talent. I'm a big Mapu fan myself there. I think he tore his pack in February, and uh, people thought he was going to fall a little bit further than he did, but I like where the Patriots got him. I think that's a sneaky addition. I've talked about Gonzalez being a great addition at cornerback, so they have the pieces there. Uh, can you be capable? Uh, can you be a capable offense? Maybe you don't even have to be above average at quarterback, maybe lean on the running game. Stevenson's been very good uh, as one of their lead backs there, and they always have a a deep bullpen, so to speak, of other options. Used to have Damian Harris, obviously, uh, now in Buffalo, but Stevenson's a great back too, and if you play great defense and you can kind of lean on the run game, they can grind out some some low-scoring games and wins and hang around in that AFC East late in the year. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for hanging out, out with us on a unusual Thursday night, hit that like button, subscribe to the show as well. Um, let's take a run quickly through the Miami Dolphins schedule because let's see if the Miami Dolphins social media team got it right. Or if they just completely messed this up because, and also with these teams doing this, um, kind of annoying, um, let's react to every game on the schedule, um, with a gif or something. I don't know. It's kind of annoying, but whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm the old man, like in the corner, just complaining. Um, all right. Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Bills, Giants to open the season for the Miami Dolphins. That is, let's see here. What's a oh, Homer. So on the road to open the first two weeks. Home against the Broncos. That's that's a good game for them. I mean, I, I figure they win. On the road against the Bills, then at uh or then home against the Giants, home against the Panthers. So not not super tough to start off, but then it gets starts getting a little bit more challenging, right? Like the three games before the bye, week 10 bye. They got the perfect bye. Um at the Eagles, home to the Pats, and then at Kansas City. That is a really tough stretch. That if they lose two of those first six. And then you got that three-game gauntlet. And I know the Patriots aren't necessarily a gauntlet. But again, if that defense is tough, they traditionally play. Um, and actually, they traditionally play Miami horrible down in Miami. But things will be cooling <laughs> off by then. So we'll see. Um, I'm trying to give Bills fans some hope. But not a overwhelming schedule at all. On the back end, 
Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. So, I mean, there's some tough games in there, but it's not overwhelming. I think that's the easiest of the big three. If you looked at the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins, I'd say the, the Miamis is probably the easiest. Yeah, it, it might be. And, you know, you mentioned the Chargers early on in that uh, in that schedule. And last year, the Chargers faced them. They were missing some key players in Los, on Los Angeles, and they went in and they beat Miami. So um, that'll kind of be a revenge game for Miami, I'm sure, in terms of the way things went for them down the, down the home stretch. I agree with you. Denver isn't a Chiefs-level opponent, Eagles-level, Bills-level opponent. I think they're going to be a lot better this year. Last year they were awful. They were they were just awful to watch. Uh, I do think that they're going to be much. Uh, the, the coaching obviously under Sean Payton's going to be a lot better. I do believe that they have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They have some pieces on defense, so I think they're going to be more competitive. So that could be a better game than you think. But in, in terms of the way it starts out, yeah, I, I think that might be the least daunting of the three. Um. Thank you so much to everybody for watching tonight. Uh, I know we're a little bit out of um, the schedule. Uh, it tends to happen. Uh, we are going to have a guest next week, Ryan. I'm really excited. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it a little bit ominous. Um, I'm really excited. Somebody that um, was talking a lot about the Bills after the season, uh, put a lot of stuff out on social media, uh, and we're going to bring them on and have uh, kind of look back at some of the post immediate postseason takes on what went wrong for the Bills and how the Bills have addressed the roster and what that's meant for this person in terms of the upside for 2023. It's going to be a really fun conversation, I think. Uh, so we'll get to that next week. We've gone about 45 minutes here. We got the full schedule. We talked about the Dolphins, talked about the Jets. Um, we're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about Bill's rookie minicamp. Uh, our first look at Dalton Kincaid. Josh Allen was talking a little bit about him this week uh, on the Kyle Brandt podcast. Hasn't met him yet, but I'm, I'm sure he's uh, kind of raring to go to – Get to work with them during OTAs here coming over the next couple of weeks. May 20th, we are 10 days away, Ryan, from Shout Back at Wing Nuts. And producer Anthony is in the comments just absolutely losing his mind because he can't wait to come out and produce Shout from Wing Nuts. I saw you down there. You were like, you were tooting the horn. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. So it's always a good time. It's always a good time at Wing Nuts. Are you so what's your take on Buffalo Wings in general? You you love wings? Yeah, I've always. So when I came here, when I went to school here, it was like perfect. It was always easy for me. So yeah. Right. And what did you think of Wing Nuts when we went there? Best you can get, man. Best around. Best you can get. Dude. So the story of Anthony, remember this, Ryan? Like we were cleaning up. I don't think you were over there with us. We were talking to a couple of Bills fans and uh, Anthony was kind of like hanging out. We were breaking down the um, setup. And as like, you know how it is, we get to eat in the wings and then we like got to start the show. So I usually get like two or three wings in before we start and then I'll crush them after. Right. So I got a single order, nothing crazy. Right. I had maybe one or two. Anthony had one or two before the show and we're breaking it down. Right. Like, and all of a sudden I'm talking to these fans and where I look back over at the plate and all of a sudden like the before I launched, all the wings were gone. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on here? Dude, Anthony just just racked them, dude. Just just put them down. He was hungry. Listen, yeah, I get it. That's right. I mean, First, listen, not, you know, hot, cold, it doesn't matter. You know, wing nuts, wings, they're good. So no, I know, but I wanted some still. And you just <laughs> ate them. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, that was too bad. You took a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have that. 
All right, Ronnie, final thought before we get out of here. Final thought. Can't wait to be back here tomorrow talking about uh, some of these rookies that caught your eye, caught your attention. Glad the schedule's out. Glad that we're getting uh, one day closer to meaningful football. Um, stick with us, Bills Mafia. Keep track with Shout, uh, and then follow our work, nyf.com, syracuse.com. Anthony DiCicco, uh producer extraordinaire, Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. See you tomorrow, guys.